0: All right, got, so many are we, on, man? we got about uh, 11 people, I think, right? So uh, yeah. welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining. I'm going to start. We're going we're to talk about Shabbat. Um, and in case you're wondering, it, it is part of the Parashah this week. You know, it's a very central portion to the parashah, is the idea of Shabbat and, and what is full of all the holidays and, and stuff about really a lot of the rituals that we celebrate throughout the year. And I think during coronavirus, we uh, we are all, you know, cooped up inside. And I heard Rabbi Ricky say something that really resonated with me, and that is that going around your house, seeing your family every day, it really does have a sort of Shabbat quality to it, you know? And you you see your family, I have a catch with my dad, you know, I, I do this, I do that. And it really, every day feels like Shabbat, not just specifically Shabbat. So I think it really is extra valuable for us to to really understand the concept of Shabbat, especially during this time period, because it's going to enhance the, the way that we understand Shabbat, not just now, but also for the future. So I want to just start off by by showing a, uh, a video. Okay, yeah, I, I wish I had a way to mute everybody. Uh, I don't have a way to mute everybody, so everyone, if you could mute yourself, it would be great. I. It's, no, it's Rob. Hit a resume. Are you the host
1: though?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> click on participants. You could probably click mute all. Let's see. I don't even know where well, participants is. Michael, is. Franco, whatever everybody else. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see participants here. That's the thing. I'm really not a uh, a uh, the host, but it's all right. We'll see. Everybody mute yourself if you can, and we'll start the video now. Very quick video, just to get you into the uh, idea of the creation of the universe. What happened, Michael? You heard it. You you saw the video. No, I didn't see anything. You didn't see it? All right, I'll send it to everyone else. See it? Yes, yes. It. All right. So Uncle Joey, I'll send it to you afterwards if you want. I'm sorry you didn't okay. see it, you see my screen now. Everyone can see my screen. Give me a thumbs up. I see
2: yeah. you. Yes.
0: You see my screen? Yes, I
2: see, I see the screen.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah, All right. So. Uh, We're discussing Shabbat right now, and uh, we gave that brief overview as to why Shabbat is so important during this time of coronavirus. We're realizing, as Rabbi Soloveitchik calls it, the Adam-2 virtues, those, those elements of ourselves that are not just about our career. Because for a lot of us right now, our career is on hold, and we're being forced to focus on values that we normally only focus on on Shabbat. So just to begin, very, you know, uh, famously we know from the Torah in Genesis, And after God finished creating the world, like I purposely chose that video because it shows you not just specifically the creation of the universe, but also everything leading up to the creation of man. I think that's the way the Torah portrays it on purpose, is because it wants to show that we are a continuation of Ma'aseh B'Rashid. So God sees everything. me'od. Everything God made was very good. That's until the sixth day, right? So the interesting thing is that previously in the story, we didn't see God declare man good. Everything else that God created, everything he creates, God immediately says it's good. But that's the thing. It's like a cliffhanger with man. With man, the question is, what's going on? Is man going be, to be good or is man going to be evil? God doesn't declare man good. And we even hear in Parashat Noah about and we hear about the evil of man. So that's just an interesting thing to note. And God finished his creative work. And as we know, the Torah is portraying it. God is like this artist who finally finished this grand project. And once he's finished with it, he decides to take a step back and appreciate that. Appreciate the project. We all know the person who is unable to to cease what he's doing. I discussed this the other day with a few friends. It could compare it to an artist, an artist who really paints this beautiful painting. But the artist is such a perfectionist, he can't stop himself from adding another thing here, another thing there. What does he end up doing? Everybody knows the answer. He ends up ruining it. If you if you don't stop at a certain point and just appreciate what you created the, the momentum is going to take you to a place that you don't want to be at. And it's not going to be the most beautiful thing you could have made. And the second that becomes the case, you have to learn this this lesson from what the Torah is saying. And that is, stop creating. Take a break. You know, there's so many perfectionists out there. Jordan Peterson, the psychologist, has an interesting thing. He says a lot of his patients who are perfectionists, the only way that he could convince them to take a break is by showing them the data that when you do take a break, you're a lot more productive afterwards, even with the amount of time that you took off. And obviously, that's not the only point of a break, but it, it, for them, that is a really good motivator, right? And we see even further. God goes on to bless the seventh day; He makes it holy, and we all know that God rested on that day. And then, interestingly, the Torah portrays the heavens and earth, right? These are the generations of the heavens and earth. Let me see your question. When, when we see the word toledot, what does it usually appear in the context of? Who are who, toledot itzchak or toledot of people of human beings? We see usually in the Torah. Toledot of the shamayim Va'aditz is very strange. It's telling us a very deep message here. The Torah is saying human beings are actually a product of heaven and earth. It's saying heavens are like our father and the earth is like our mother. And the two of them conspired to give birth to us. And we should treat them that way. We should appreciate them in that way by taking a rest on Yom Yom HaShabbat. By resting, we appreciate the beautiful, wonderful world that God created for us. And then in that entire chapter, the Torah goes on to explain exactly how we're supposed to relate to the land. uh, We're supposed to work it and we're supposed to also take care of it and watch over it. All right, so that's the beauty of, of one of the beauties of what Shabbat is saying. And I really love this Midrash from Rashi. What does he say? He says, one of the Pisukim talking about Shabbat in Sefer Shemot says as follows. It says, It says, during the week, you have to do all your work. So the question is, I don't understand. It's impossible to finish your work fully. You, you know, your work is never done. I'm sure you have something to do next week. How do you finish all your work? What does that really mean? It's a beautiful medrash. She says, Shabbat, When Shabbat enters, be'anecha asuya. You should treat it as though all your work is done. So Shabbat is, is much deeper than you might have thought. I might have thought as the reader, just, you know what? Shabbat is a day I'm not allowed to do work. It's much more than that. It's a mindset too. Shabbat is not just about the external. It's not just like in psychology. We say there's the content and then there's the process. There's the superficial layer and then there's the deeper layer. Shabbat, the superficial layer, is to not do melacha. But clearly the deeper layer, especially according to the rabbis, is that this action of not doing melacha is supposed to bring you to a state of mind that is contemplative, where you're philosophizing about the amazing wonders of God. I think this is a really beautiful quote here from uh, Derech HaMelech, Rabbi uh, Shapira. Right? So, who wants? Anyone want to read this out loud? Who wants to read? Michael Tebel, you want to read? Sure. Okay, great. Um,
1: okay, Israel fulfills the Torah, and their and their purpose is to come to and in Him. You will cleave, and God fulfills the Torah and His purpose. Is to cleave as if it is possible with Israel.
0: All right, so we're supposed to cleave to God. God is supposed to be cleaving to us. Interesting, deep ideas. Continue.
1: The essence of pleasure, Ta'anug, is, revealed, is in revealed holiness. And anyone who seeks after pleasures and lusts, Ta'abot, of this world, must become... Must be someone. Must be someone whose, whose soul does not feel the pleasure of revealed holiness.
0: All right, so if you're a person that is running after... The superficial things in life if you're only running after the superficial pleasures in life that is indicative of something it's showing that there's a kind of emptiness inside you right continue
1: this seeking is empty and it appears to the person that he or she will become full through the pleasures of this world because the desire does not become full through the pleasures of this world since it yearns for the pleasures of holiness It further adds sin to iniquity. Desire on top of desire, God
0: forbid. Right, so it's never enough. You go after one desire, one physical desire, and you just want another thing and another thing. It's never going to really satisfy you. But the difference is, continue.
1: Distancing oneself from these is possible only by a person who makes their soul happy in the pleasures of holiness and by unifying in holiness so that a
0: higher light is revealed to them. The world errs in saying that the trait of material
1: contentment is difficult spiritual work. In truth, one who makes their soul happy in holiness, as mentioned above, has their soul happy and joyous in its holiness, Material contentment comes
0: about on its own. Right, so we all know what this is like. We all know what it's like to be well fed and well rested, and you know, you did your exercise that day, and then you, you just still feel empty inside. We all know what that's like. There's some kind of deeper energy that we have in our hearts that's not just a physical thing, it's not just something I can put my finger on and say, aha, I just got to do this, and it'll all be okay. The, the human being has so much depth to him. Or, or her. I'm getting what you're saying. It sounds like the nullification of oneself to the Shabbat to Hashem
2: is the highest metraga. So therefore, if I say before Shabbat I'm nullifying, I know it's all you. I am conceding to you that all this materialism that I had this week and all that I do have is to you. That the nullification to the Shabbat and Hashem is the highest level.
0: Absolutely. 100% you have to take away it doesn't mean to be like a you know like like you're saying it's not just about forgetting about our physical needs no you uplift the physical needs to the holy right it's you're taking something that's mundane you're making it holy but it's it's only through the realization that it's not just about the physical it's also about the deeper emotional spiritual elements that are part of everybody's soul so continue mike uh
1: then it- Oh, where am
0: I? Yeah, in truth. In truth. Yeah. In truth, one who makes their soul happy and holiness, as mentioned above, has their soul happy
1: and joyous in its holiness, and material contentment comes about on its own. Then a person does not feel the need to make themselves drunk in the pleasures of this world and will and to fill through them the yearnings and desires
0: of their soul. Beautiful. So what does this mean? This means that you know what, you, a lot of us we have a hole inside of us that we're try, constantly trying to fill up with whatever physical, superficial pleasures life could throw at us, but we know that the second those things are gone, because anything physical is fleeting, that's it. We're just going to feel empty again. But a person who does the inner work, and that's what Shabbat is calling on us to do. It's saying, here I'm giving you this gift of a day where you don't have to focus on the physical. Throughout the week, you're focusing, worrying about your parnasa, worrying about this and that, and God knows what. Shabbat is the day. Everything should be in your eyes as though it's already done. And and that's the time when you could meditate and think and pray to Hashem and connect with Hashem and realize He is a part of you. He's always there inside of you. And no matter what you're feeling like, He's always going to be with you. And He's always going to help you bring yourself closer to your potential, to closer to your spiritual potential in, in particular. right? And I, I specifically mentioned that idea of feeling empty, sorry, feeling very well fed and all that, because it shows you that that there's something else to our human experience that's just as important as physical nourishment. So just to bring it to today's day and age with uh, the coronavirus, I really, I, I shared this a few weeks ago with uh, the Minyan and I think it's really beautiful. A couple of different poems. That really touched me, and uh, they're very you know, pertinent to what's going on during this time of coronavirus. And it's, it's saying the following. It's saying, if Dr. Seuss were alive today, he would write something like this. I think this is very clever. Uh, who wants to read? I can read. Sure, Lauren, please. Okay. Um,
2: the buildings were big, and the people would smile and travel they would mile by mile. But sick they become, in numbers it grew, businesses worried communities too. Things stopped for a bit, the world slowed its roll, the virus had certainly taken its toll. But what they then saw from slowing things down, is in fact they now had less reasons to frown. Families now gathered, what game shall we play? Pass me the blue crayon, give mommy the gray. That's home guys, will so read us a book, then all of us together will cook. The lungs of the planet caught a small break, less travel meant less pollution to me. People did realize they'd all be okay. They don't need so much to get through the day. Maybe this virus that caused so much stress showed the whole world that more can mean
0: less. Beautiful. Right? I think it's so clever because it's it's hitting on exactly the concept of Adam 2. Exactly the concept of who are supposed to be connecting to on Shabbat. During the week, and what am I talking about with Adam 1, Adam 2? If you read Bereshit Perek Aleph and you read Bereshit Perek Bet, you, you get very different stories about the creation of the world. And for many years, this was bothering people. They didn't really understand it. And Rabbi Salavechik has a brilliant book called The Lonely Man of Faith, where he talks about why the Torah decided to portray the creation of man and of the world in two different ways. Where in the first perech, it's saying Elohim, the judgment, judgmental God, the God of all the world, the God of nature. Right? He creates Adam, really Ha'adam. And Ha'adam and Hava both together, Ha'adam veIshtoh, at the same time, like the human was created. And he tells them, Perur go gain dominion over the land. Rabbi Salvechik says, that's the human being during our weekday self. That's the human being is going out and going to try to be successful in his career. But then you, you open up Perek Bet, and what does it say? It says, This is the creation of the, of the heaven and earth and their generations. And it's presenting it from a relationship point of view. It's saying, life is not all about your career. Life is not only about the successes that you could achieve. It's also and very much about the relationships that you have, the love that you create one to another. And what's in between? Who's, who could tell me what's in between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2? We just saw up, up here. The difference is, Michael,
2: Yeah. Shabbat is coming from
0: Shamayim to. You got it. The, 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 the other part of the, of, of the other holidays and festivals are coming from there because we pro- make the proclamation when Rosh Chodesh, when the holidays. Asher tekle o atem, they say atem. You 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 declare. Very good. And Shabbat is holy in and of itself. Every human being
2: is saying when we're going to have the festival.
0: Absolutely. Exactly, Man can elevate who he is
2: with its materialism as he does when he says, Rosh Chodesh is going to be this and the holiday from that Rosh Chodesh We know that the, the, the past act is going to be on this
0: day and so on. Exactly, so it's a combination of the love between our Creator
2: and us to blend these things in a matter of making
0: them more holy. I love it. That's exactly it. And you hit the nail on the head because the thing that connects. Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, right, Adam 1 and Adam 2, the career self and the relationship self is Shabbat, right? Because this is the beginning of Adam 2 stuff. So the thing that's supposed to bridge you from your weekday self where you're worrying about everything under the sun and being mini creator, God wants you to emulate him and continue to create just as he created. But he also wants you to have a relationship with the world, a relationship with him, and a relationship with other human beings. And Shabbat is the gateway from Genesis 1 to Genesis 2. And I think that's so beautiful when we think about it. And just one more poem I'd like to read you, uh, also regarding the pandemic. Anybody else want to read it? I could read. Okay. Okay. So this poem is is even more pertinent to what we're talking about. This is about coronavirus, obviously. What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has become clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. I think that's so moving because it's saying even though we can't physically be together and we are six feet apart, we could still emotionally be together like we're doing right now. How amazing is this? It's a Monday night in the middle of this pandemic and we're all connecting. We're all together here to talk about the concept of Shabbat. And we all know that this next Shabbat that we have is going to be just a little bit, at least I hope, a little bit more meaningful with all these concepts floating around in our heads. The idea that Shabbat is a day that is, is really reconnecting us from our brain to our heart. we got to drop down. We're feeling all, all week like we're just engaging with our brains, trying to figure out difficult problems. Shabbat is the day Hashem says, you know what? You can think as much as you want, but you're not going to find me only in thought. You have to look in your heart to find me. And Shabbat is a, a huge gift. It's that day that is designated for that purpose.
2: That's why it's Ben-E or Ben-Bene Israel. It's an exclusive uh, club for his children, ben Israel. That's why a boy, he cannot keep Shabbat.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: So, and bring it to the
0: whole world. Absolutely.. It's a great the, I think uh, I think Oprah had a a show where somebody was uh, talking about the concept of Shabbat, and it was a Christian, I believe, who decided to keep uh, Shabbat, you know, to try to keep a day where he would shut everything off. and, you know, she was like so amazed by this, so enamored. I think she also had a Jew uh, on the show regarding it. It's amazing that Goyim look at this and they say, wow, this is amazing. Teach us your ways. Is this not, is this coronavirus and this poem by a non-Jew, is this not a fulfillment of a lot of these prophecies where, said, where they say, you know, tell, teach us your ways, show us your values. The Jewish values that are, are seeking, seeping through here to the rest of the world are really incredibly valuable. And, and I think people are realizing that just how beautiful and abhorrent it is to have a day where we reconnect with our families and our loved ones and with God specifically. Now this chart that you're going to be seeing here is from Parashat Vayakel Pekudeh. And the, the point of the chart is to show you just how important the concept of creation is. And you know, the Hachamim as we know, who knows, how do the Hachamim derive the 39 milachot? How do they derive the 39 actions that you're not allowed to take on Shabbat?
2: From the Mishkan, the 40
0: minus 1. Beautiful. Right, so is that just a happenstance thing? Is that just a coincidence? Why did they pick the Mishkan of all things to teach us about Shabbat? Well, the answer the is... To bring,
2: connect heaven on earth that.
0: Good, and and the Torah makes it so clear. How does it make it clear? Right after it finishes talking about Shabbat, it talks about the Mishkan, and then right after that, it talks about uh, Shabbat. You know, so the Torah is purposely... Marrying the two concepts so that I could take notice and if you dig a little bit deeper you get a chart like this right? so what do we see in Genesis after God creates the world? We just read that right God said this is by the way of all the tovs that it says in Genesis It's the seventh one seven is the number of nature that God it's the the, the ancient way of saying something is perfect right so God saying it's top meod when Moshe and B'nai Yisrael finished creating the Mishkan. What does it say? Right. So Moshe is seeing just as God is seeing. Right. So that's there's a clear connection there. And the heavens and earth were finished and all their legions. And this is the same root of this word. As when God created the world, so too when Moses finished creating the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And God ceased on the seventh day all the creative work that he was doing. Same word purposely being used to show that Moshe is emulating God in the fullest degree. God blesses the seventh day of Shabbat. And after Moshe finishes creating the Mishkan beautifully, he blesses the entire nation. It says, God blessed the seventh day. And just so too, Moshe is to bless the Mishkan and to, to said to make it holy. Um so the po- the point of all this who, who has an idea I'd like to hear from you guys why do you think the Torah is making this connection between the Mishkan and the creation of the world
1: Is that sort of like our
0: creation towards our contribution within the world Beautiful Jack the same way that God himself what did he do the way that the kabbalists might put it is the idea of Simsum. It's like that God subtracted of himself, right? Like they say, In a in a shot way, that just means he's the only God. But in a, a mystical way, it means God is all that there is. God is the stuff of being. He is the stuff of existence. How could there be room for me? How could there be room for something that's not specifically God you know, incarnate? I don't believe I'm God incarnate. I think I have a piece of God inside of me. But in a sense, God is, is subtracting of himself. So in creating the world, God is setting aside a space, a holy space, if you will, for men. And you know what we do after Heta we want to show God how much we love Him. We want to show God, we want to reconnect with Him. We say, God, I'm going, to re- I'm going to learn from you, and I'm going to return the favor. The same way God subtracted Himself and made a space for us, we subtract a little piece of land, and we create a space for God. And just like God wants us to dwell, and that's in the space of the world, we hope that God dwells in the Mishkan and among all of us. So it's a really beautiful idea of, of showing us that our creation is supposed to be a continuation of God's creation. Right, we always mention that during Yetziat Mitzrayim when it describes the splitting of the sea and you have all the Genesis imagery, Anan, Hoshekh, the splitting of water just like you have in Genesis, just in a different direction, the appearance of dry land. All of that is to show you this is why I created the world, says God. I created the world bereshit. Like the Akhamim said, bishvili Yisrael reshit. I created the world so that I could have a relationship with you. I, like God is hovering over the face of the deep just like he's hovering over B'nai Yisrael and Parashat Ha'azinu. It's all for the purpose of having creation to know God. And that's what God wants from us. It's almost like God in search of men, in the words of Rabbi Heschel. God is looking for us for a relationship. And that, and we are, by by knowing while we're creating, like, wow, I'm using the divinely inspired hand that I have to to make strides in the world. There's no greater level than that. And that's what we're doing during the week. And then on Shabbat, we take a step back and we say, wow, look what I created with the help of God. Look at the tools that God gave me to really do amazing things. Let me enjoy it. Just like God set aside a time for himself to kind of enjoy his creation. And now I want to discuss, uh, just before we end, a few different quotes from an article. We don't have to read every single word, but uh, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel he was accused by some of being a conservative. That's not true. He was uh, The conservative schools named themselves after him, but he himself was very much an Orthodox Jew. And he says some really beautiful things about Shabbat. He has a book called The Sabbath. And this article that I read about that book, I, I wish I could have read the book already. He's, uh, he talks about that Heschel sees that the heart of existence is space, you know, space, sorry, time, time is the heart of existence, while space is the externalization of existence, what does that mean? The Torah sees the world in the dimension of time, everything is about time, and the God of Israel is the God of events, and on the other hand, as opposed to the Torah, which is so focused on God being the God of time, the pagan religions of the time, what did they see? They see God in space, they worship a holy spot, they worship an idol. Whatever they're worshipping, it's all about a specific locale. And that doesn't mean that we don't have any idea of kedusha of Makom in Judaism. But think about it. The Torah goes, it wastes, it doesn't waste it. spills a lot of ink to show me only one spot is holy. Only the Mishkan or only Yerushalayim. Only the, uh, the Bet HaMikdash. Specifically, not all these Bamot that you're building. The Torah wants you to stop focusing on Makom. Because Maqom is not where you find God. Where you find God is in time. You find God in setting aside time. Because if you worship Maqom, if you wor- worship physicality, you're not going to see God there. It's deceptive. right? Like we learned from the Nahash in, in Ma'aseh Bereshit. Everything is about sight. Everything is about seeing. That's what space is all about. It's all about seeing things, but they're really not as they seem. They're Arum. They're cunning. So the Torah wants us to shift our idea of holiness from the idea of space to the idea of time. So this might sound a little bit confusing. Uh, Let's, yeah, yeah, Mike.
1: What about uh, yeah, Akob, when he uh, when he had the dream and loose he woke up he said. Uh,
0: I Good. Yes. Day. So I, like I said, th- th- there's there is a concept of holiness of space, and the Torah I think purposely wants to limit it to one spot. It doesn't want you to focus on space as a way of getting closer to God, because it's not about going to the cocktail and touching the kotel and no, no, no. God doesn't want you to think that way. He wants you to realize any time that you decide to connect to him is a holy time. And especially Shabbat. Right? So so yes, we do have holy places, but that's that's not the, the point of it all. You know what I mean?
1: Right. I think it's it's really space time.
0: Yes, you so know? so that's the scientific view that, that was brought up in this article. Yes, there is the the, the, the the physical stuff of being is space-time, but that's just our best way of describing it in a physical way. But as humans, we, we perceive them as two separate things. And the Torah is speaking to the human to way.
1: separate time, that's, that's the, the construct. That's the human construct. Because time is really the movement of space.
0: Yes. And it's
1: just the changing of space.
0: Beautiful. It's not as it seems, well, like you're saying. There's another concept of the Goyim. They believe that God...
2: World and God is on another metrica, and He doesn't uh, have any biting or doesn't care about each blade of grass or how a tree is growing or this. And we believe that Hashem has an influence on every blade of grass, every raindrop that falls. So that's
0: a whole another concept. Yes, especially Kabbalah. Kabbalah has that idea. It's the opposite of what the pagans would say. The pagans would say yeah. God is only here and He's not there. The Torah doesn't want you to think in yeah. those terms. The Torah wants you to get that out of your head and understand God is wherever you want him to be if you connect him at that time. And that's the empowering way that the Torah does it. All right, so let's continue. The God of Israel is preeminently the Lord of history. Judaism is a religion of time, beautiful. Jewish ritual, he says, may be characterized as the art of significant forms in time, as architecture of time. Look how he's using a word for space, and he's using it for time instead. So what does that mean? That means that Shabbat is a palace in time to him who truly participates in it. It is a reminder of the two worlds, or rather of the two ages, this age and the age to come. What does that mean? That means that the Shabbat, the highest level of understanding Shabbat is realizing Shabbat is 160th of Olam Haba. It's supposed to feel so beautiful and so amazing, it feels the same way that the next world is supposed to feel when you really could look back at your entire life and be satisfied. But you don't have to wait till you die to appreciate that. The Torah is saying, no, 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 that you're living your life the wrong way if you're thinking it's all about the destination. The Life is all about also the journey itself. And throughout the journey, you should take a look back every once in a while. Take a look back and say, wow, look at that. Look how things worked out for me. Look at all the stuff that I built. Look how much God was with me in everything I did. The Sabbath carries the Jew beyond space, beyond civilization, like his faith, of which it is the consummate symbol. It is not only not a way out of the world, but a way of being within and above the world. It's a day of minuha, of rest, in the sense of harmony and peace, peace between man and man, peace within man, peace with all things, peace with God. It is therefore a remembrance of paradise and a preleglement of the fulfillment of the kingdom of heaven. How beautifully he, the, the, he writes, right? It's, it's something that you connect to, that gives you, it's supposed to give you a real minuhata nefesh. Shabbat, like we're saying, there's the external stuff about not doing certain actions. But if your mind is not at ease at the same time, if, if, if the actions that you're taking are not also creating a certain thing in your mind, it's almost like a failure. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of us, we like to live in our brains during the week. We don't connect with our emotions. We use the defense mechanism of intellectualization. Everything should be thought of only cerebrally, we think. And we, have, we, we kind of close our hearts to what's going on. Shabbat is such a gift because it says stop doing that. You're only living half a life if you're only engaging with your brain. Take a minute to open your heart. Take a minute to remember the, the beautiful emotions that you used to feel as a child. And and have the, that on Shabbat. Shabbat is a safe time. It's a kingdom Right? It's a palace in time in order to be able to reconnect with your heart. Our world is a world of space moving through time, from the beginning to the end of days. All week there is only hope of redemption, but when the Sabbath is entering the world, man is touched by a moment of actual redemption. The longing for the Sabbath all the days of the week is a form of longing for the eternal Sabbath all the days of our lives. It's yearning for that time, and I don't think you have to die to get to that eternal Sabbath. I think it means the enlightenment that you could get. Let's say you're you're training to become a Navi, which, you know, in a sense, a lot of us are training to get a certain level of enlightenment, even if you're not gonna become a full-fledged Navi. We're all waiting for that time in our lives where it's gonna feel like we're now we we really reached our potential. We reached that that spot where it's not just us acting and it's not just God acting. We realize that it's the two in concert. That everything that we do is a beautiful marriage between my actions and God acting through me. I have a big problem with people who say, God runs the world and that's it. People who forget the first part of the saying, right? You need both. You need the human element and you need God. It's, it's, you know, Rabbi Heschel has a beautiful book called God in Search of Man. God is looking for a relationship with us, and that can only happen if we use our free will to do that as well. It's not a one-way street. It's something that we both have to engage in, right? Yes? It, uh, it makes me think of like the two two very holy
1: things in, in Judaism, like wine and olive oil. They both are like working with what God gives you to, to make a final, uh, like to create
0: something. Beautiful. Together. Like the famous story with Rabbi Akiva where the Roman general tried to trick him. He said, what's better? Is it the wheat or is it the bread? And and he says the bread. And he was expecting him to say the wheat because the wheat is created by God. But Rabbi Rabbi Akiva says, no, the bread is a combination of the work of God and the work of man. And that's when you really, you know, it takes a certain level of humility when you reach a certain apex of your life and you just accomplish something amazing to say, you know what? That wasn't just me. God was acting with me. And that's, uh, you know, the, the humbling nature of that statement is really beyond compare. Because you think about it, who the heck are we? We're these little creatures. We scurry around for about 80, 90, maybe 100 years on this little planet of ours. And you look out into space, we're a little tiny dot of a nothing. And yet we matter, and yet our lives matter, and God cares about all of us. Like if you read Psalm 8, that's what it's all about. So th- why do we matter? We matter because it's not just us acting. It's God acting through us. We are the very continuation of God's creation. Right? So we think about the Big Bang, like we showed that beautiful video in the beginning. So we think about it, we say, you know what? God, there was the Big Bang, and now there's me. I'm the end of that process. That's wrong. You are the process. You are the Big Bang. You are, every, you are made of stardust. That's who you are physically. The carbon in your body is made of stuff from outer space. That's unbelievable. So it doesn't make any sense to think of ourselves just as the endpoint in a line leading up to now. We're the entire line. We're the entire journey. We are the entire process. And God cares about that entire process. And when we see ourselves that way, we could transcend space and time. And that's what Shabbat is calling on us to do. It's, It's to have a consciousness of all that reality. And it's to bring us out of our heads, out of our limited point of view. It's a, there's a beautiful quote, you know, the, the cosmos, the, the, the reality itself is like an ocean. And it's looking out, out of the eyes of each of us as human beings. And if the cosmos is like an ocean, each human being is like one wave in the ocean. You should see yourself not just as an isolated thing, you're a wave in the ocean. You are what the universe is doing at that spot. That's an unbelievable thing. And it couldn't be done without you being there. But it also couldn't be done without the force of the, the cosmos. All right, so as against both of these positions, so now there's something interesting. Michael, you mentioned this a second ago earlier, and also Uncle Joey. There's, there's kind of a, a two different ways you could think about it. Is Shabbat something, you know, is it telling us a secret as to there's this inherent holiness in time, and that's it, you know, that... that that God created the world and there is this physical holiness to time? Or is it just something that, you know, there's no such thing as absolute holiness because time is an illusion. And really it's just a nice psychological phenomenon that we care about. I think the answer is somewhere in between those two. And it's the same thing about, God. it's not all about God, it's not all about us. Look at this saying from Rabbi Hanan bin Zakai, Death does not defile and water does not cleanse. It is an ordinance of the King of Kings. The reason why, it's not just God's command and not just God's creation of reality. It's not just our psychological understanding of Shabbat. It's both of them. It's it's our, If you decide that Shabbat is just another day, you know what? It's just another day. But if you decide, no, I'm going to invest in it then, it, then you tap into the reality of the thing, which is that, yes, it is divinely ordained. And you only connect to that when you do treat Shabbat with proper respect and by keeping the halacha. It is not a thermaturgy that the Jew engages in when he observes the Sabbath, nor is it an inspirational exercise when what he's doing is of a piece with the whole fabric of his religious existence as a Jew. He is responding to the call of God and love and obedience. So we should never forget, Shabbat is, of course, something we want to do. But it's also something that's commanded of us. But that's a beautiful thing. In the way Rabbi Heschel would put it, we're commanded to exist in a sense also. By creating us, God says exist. In the same way, God says rest. And by resting, but we're doing something that's good for us, but it's something that is is allowing us to connect with things that we forget about during the week. Yeah. and And you know what? Just to come full circle, we had that beautiful video in the beginning. We talked about the idea of of uh, you know the, the creation of the world and how amazing it is and just to, to realize my place in it and to realize that God wants us to engage in all elements of ourselves. I think if you have a Shabbat where you're still worried about your week, where you still think, you know, I, I'm only going to focus on Shabbat a little bit during the meals and then I'm going to be worrying about my work. That's not a real Shabbat. A real Shabbat is a day where you could really disconnect and you say, I'm going to give my t- myself this time I'm going to give myself a certain amount of time really just to connect to my family and to connect to God. Ma- Mike, yes. if you read
2: the, on the Shabbat, uh, and then Shachrit, and Menchat, it's like an engagement, a marriage, and a culmination. So you could take from the, just the reading of the Amidot that what is Shabbat? It's bringing the Shekhinah into your life and elevating you to another level, another feeling. So when I have Shabbat, my bones feel it. My body feels it because I'm connecting spiritually in one aspect. And the meal that my wife prepares is a special meal. So I take those combinations and I hit euphoria.
0: It's amazing. It's, it's We all know what that's like. We know what it's like that Shabbat has a different feel to it. You can't put words to it, right? You know when it's Thursday night and you know when it's Friday night. There's a very big difference there. And I don't think it's something you can really put your finger on. I think it's something that you have to appreciate because not everybody has this. If we grew up, thank God, with a tradition that acknowledges this and with a tradition that, that cares about the elements of self that are not just about accomplishment, but also about love and connection and spirituality. I think we should be always grateful for that. And every Friday night, as you look across your table, you look at your loved ones, and you, and you, you should maybe think for a second, be mindful and say, Thank you, God, for making me a Jew. Thank you for giving me this gift. Thanking, thank you for, for allowing me to choose to reconnect with elements that many people forget about. Baruch Adonai, Amen.